Trailer Way In podcast is back this week after a week off because, yes, I did leave my laptop in the airport security and an awesome pay-per-view, UFC 272, that grudge match finally got settled there. Went exactly how we all thought it was going to, though. Man, we're back for UFC Vegas 50, and it's between the number five and the number six light heavyweight in the world. It's Tiago Santos versus Magomed Ankalaev. And then in the co-main event, we got a big-time matchup at Bantamweight between Marlon Marais and Song Yudong. And as always, man, there is some fights scattered throughout earlier in the card that I'm really excited to get into. We're going to switch things up going forward. You know, there's 25 other channels out there that break down every single fight. We feel like it just gets repetitive through the week and you hear the same things. So we're going to do things a little bit different. We're going to pick some spots on the card that we really like. We're going to break always break down the co-main event and the main event. Um, but we're going to go back to our little recap and break down our fights of the nights, our fighters, our underdog, give you more of our betting insight um, on the, uh, the spots that we're particularly excited about. Um, so, man, before we get started, I'm pass it over to you to go over both of our cards for last week. Yeah, man. Uh, you ended up getting the casual cap. You got screwed out of a couple of bad I think bets. I would have worn it regardless. Uh, but, yeah, man, I think I got screwed out of a positive night. Yeah, looking at the one that I know a lot of people are upset about, it's the Takiru Lembekov fight. Um, in that fight, you know, a lot of people are arguing a little bit of home cooking for Elliot. Takiru definitely landed the better shots in the mm-hmm. fight. Um, just lost a couple of scrambles and... You know, could have gone either way, but mm-hmm. I agree that Tagir should have gotten the nod there. Um, we look at a, a play that looked really, really good. You had Nurmagomedov and Covington in a parlay, minus 195 mm-hmm. for three units. That couldn't have been any, any easier of a cash. Um, you ended up the night minus 2.53 units. Like you said, I think you did get screwed out of a positive mm-hmm. night there, but it happens. Yeah, it happens. It's MMA. Looking over at my card, um, I think my best bet was probably the RDA bet against Moicano. Um, I hit that one pretty hard. Yeah, and I didn't save any units for that one when I went out of town. I dumped them all. I finally got that line. I remember text you, log into this account and bet this for me. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, RDA was definitely the side. Um, that fifth round got a little sketchy. Got took a little bit more shots than I liked, but he was yeah. definitely the side. Both of us uh, picked Edson Barbosa to beat Thug Nasty, even though Thug Nasty's our boy. It... Uh, you know, it just wasn't his night, or it just wasn't uh, Edson Barbosa's night. It was kind of a bittersweet feeling. We thought Edson might have the edge, but it turns out Bryce Mitchell is yeah. a I'm real all deal grasper. Bryce Mitchell going forward, man. For sure. Um, I, I think my favorite play was the Covington wins rounds four or five a decision at minus 155. With all these heavy favorites in the main event slots that we've been seeing, you got to try and find a way to play them. Um, and I think that was a pretty good one. Uh, I ended up the night plus 2.58 units. And, uh, yeah, I think we already got a couple plays for this next week. Yes, sir. In our main event, we have a battle of light heavyweights where we see the number five ranked Tiago Santos taking on the number six ranked Magomed Ankulayev. Um, before I say this, at the end of the day, these guys are light heavyweight tacticians. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, they could knock each other out with any single punch. Um, but given the style of fighting that Ankulayev kind of brings to the table, along with this post-knee injury Tiago Santos, I think we'll see a little bit more reserved fighting style from both of them, and it might be a little bit of a sleeper fight. Um, I do think that this is a great opportunity for Ankulayev to showcase his striking skill set over 25 minutes, as this is his first mm-hmm. five-round opportunity in the UFC. Um, when it comes to the ground game, I also think I edge Ankulayev there. Um, we've seen... Tiago Santos not look like a Brazilian black belt on his back. Um, And I I think that Ankulayev deserves to be mentioned in this uh, 
new wave, possibly even at the forefront when we talk about Islam or Chemayev. Yeah. I think he's one of those upper echelon Russians. Yeah, man, I'm with you. When you look at the guy from Dagestan, you, you know he can wrestle, but he's also one of these Russians that's just developed his hands, mm-hmm. you know, beyond belief. His boxing is incredible. He has that nice high kick he loves to throw in there. Um, and outside of the, the debut against Paul Craig, man, he's looked almost flawless, you know, and that tapping with one second left always is in the back of my mind. Maybe it's just not the right IQ, maybe it's not proper awareness, corner coaching, I don't know. But like I said, since that point, almost flawless, man, mm-hmm. winning almost every single round he's had. My one knock on him is he's a little too patient, you know, sometimes. Um, and his volume's a little bit low when the guy's not just, you know, bone rushing him and coming forward. But when you get somebody like Ayan Kutilaba in there who's going to come forward, um, I mean, that just it allows Magomed to excel. He's throwing his strikes, and I think that's when he looks the best. Go back to how Tiago Santos has looked since those knee injuries at 38 years old. He does not look like the one who's KOing Manawa, Anthony Smith, you know, the ex-champ uh, Jan Blockwitz. It's mm-hmm. just, I think, it, like you said, it could very well be another snooze fest, just like the Johnny Walker fight where we see Tiago Santos backing up a whole bunch, scared to really engage, getting countered when he does, and, and finding himself on his back a whole lot. Man, the pick is 100% Ankaliyev here. It's important to mention that in that Johnny Walker fight, I've seen a lot of people make those comparisons over the week. Ankaliyev is on a different level than Johnny Walker. So I do expect, even though it might be a sleeper fight, that he is going to be edging out those rounds where Johnny Walker couldn't. Um, And and then on top of it, it always reminds me when an Ankaliyev name comes up, Sean Strickland talking about sparring with him. He said he is by far the hardest sparring partner he's ever had because he hits you and he is so unhittable back. Mm Um, and I just I think that we're probably going to see that over an extended amount of time, um, way past that three and a half mark that it's set. Yeah, and I know you gotta you gotta play on Ankalaya to kind of reduce those numbers. Yes, for sure. Uh, him being a minus five hundred, I, I think taking him and then o- the over one and a half rounds is a, a pretty good way to keep it under. Uh, minus 200 mm-hmm. and, and be able to play Yankee Eliyev at a reasonable price tag. Uh, 100%. I like that. I also got Yankee on my card as well. I got him a couple weeks ago, though. I think at like minus 260 or minus mm-hmm. 350, mm-hmm. something like that. Way better than the price tag is now. And he was parlayed with Jalton Almeida. It mm-hmm. was a flawless performance, too, man. So I'm hoping he cashes a ticket for me, too. And I'd love to hear that you're on the same side mm-hmm. I am. In the co main event, we're moving down to the Bantamweight division where we see uh, Marlon Marais taking on Song Yadong. A little bit of change in the guard, it kind of feels like to me here. You know, Marlon Marais, the dude's only 33, which for a lot of people can still kind of be your prime, but Mm -hmm. just not look that way for Marlon Marais lately. You know, he's lost four of his last five on paper, but when you really look at him, man, you know, Jose Aldo got a title shot off of losing to Marlon Marais. He very well could have been 0-5 in his last five, and now Songi Dong, 24 years old, team alpha male, great camp. You know, he's coming off a really nice finish over Julio Arce. Mm -hmm. It just seems like, you know, the UFC is pushing one and the other guys on the come down. Um, I will say Marlon Marais, man, in round one, um, he is an absolute terror. You see him get all over Cejudo early, mixes in the takedowns in the font and the Sanhagen fight. Mm-hmm. Um, almost a finish over Marab, but after that round one, it really does seem like the wheels fall off, and that's where I'm expecting Song um, to take over. So if you're going to get a pick from me, man, I, it's hard to back Marlon Marais at this stage, man, outside of round one. So I'm going to go Song Yudong, probably – by decision, but maybe a maybe a late round finish. Yeah, so I, I hold a, a lot of the same opinions on this fight as you. You know, you talked about this is kind of the natural progression of MMA, where you see this young and up and coming prospect kind of get handed the torch. Marlon losing those last five out of his six, and arguably six out yeah. of his last. Or this would be six out of his last six. It's uh, 
it's tough to say that he's going to turn his career around right. right now. And and like you said, he has followed that clear pattern throughout his career. That fast start, if he doesn't get that finished, then he ends up getting finished. Right. Um, you take a look at Song's most recent fights uh, where he has went to decision. Uh, we see both in the Kyler Phillips fight and in the Casey, Finney, uh, the Casey Kenny fight. He actually turns it up as mm-hmm. the fight goes on, and it's those round threes that he won in both of those fights. Um, you look down at Marlon's best wins in the UFC against guys like Aljo Rivero and Asun Sao, and they're all first round. So maybe it isn't that it's any different in this point of his career, but we've just kind of seen the peak of Marlon mm-hmm. as a fighter. Um, so I, I doubt that he's going to change anything up. You know, he, he could arguably, um, if he would have gotten that finish over Mirab, um, look just like the killer that we've seen in the past. And not be plus 300 And here. not be a plus 300 <laughs> here, right. So um, ultimately, I do think that Song is durable enough to withstand yeah. that, that early onslaught from Marias. But um, I do think that it's a great opportunity for one, um, a live bet on Song. And then, um, you know, it, like you said, it, it's tough not to want to bet Song inside the distance mm-hmm. given the, the history of Marias getting kind of, uh, you know, fucked up in the yeah. later rounds. So... Um, for me, I'm picking Song as well. I think the only way that I'm wanting to play it is either live or um, Song inside the distance, minus 110. Yeah, man, you're speaking my language. I think a live bet after round one is one of the best spots that you're going to get this card mm-hmm. is on Songy Dong live after round one. Marlon's just always known for having a great round one, but you also mentioned on Song's durability, and I think that's going to be massive form here that'll actually you know be spoken about in my prop a little bit and and i want to key in on inside the distance not the tko prop which i know a lot of people might Mm -hmm. be uh, inclined to take song will wrap up that guillotine he does have some sneaky submissions yes you don't want to you don't want to sleep on him getting that sub either so just don't get greedy take that inside the distance with you moving on to our next segment of the podcast we're going to the fight of the night which will be where we talk about a fight that we think is important to bring up mm-hmm. one and then also um, pretty good chance that it's going to receive a bonus yeah. at the end of the night. Uh, the fight that I'm choosing this week is going to be Bruno Silva versus Alex Pereira. Yes, sir. Um, Pete and I were talking about this earlier this week. I, I think we think that the UFC will do anything in their power yep. to get Pereira to that title shot mm-hmm. against Izzy. Um, and that includes giving him very winnable fights. Um, I do think that this is a winnable fight for Pereira, but I think that Silva might give him a shit show here, man. Silva is an absolute monster on the feet as well. He has great knees and a scary amount of aggression that he brings to him. Um, He'll be at a clear size disadvantage to Pereira here. Um, And he has been touched up in the past to to lesser strikers like the Beverly Hills Ninja. Um, But he he does... um, Silva does hold an advantage in the grappling department. And although we haven't really seen that uh, shown in the UFC, we have seen evidence of that being in his arsenal. When you look back at his fight uh, against Artem Frovlov when he won the M1 Global Championship, he utilized his double legs, his grappling Mm -hmm. uh, well in that fight. Um, That being said, I do expect Silva to kind of throw away the game plan, get into a a fist fight here uh, against the glory kickboxer and probably get KO'd. I'm with you, man. You know, narratives 100% do not equal winners. But when you, when you got a fight, when a guy's knocked out Israel out of Sonya, man, that mm-hmm. sells. And I think, like you said, the USC is going to be very generous with those matchups. If Nikolaitis didn't show you, now they're giving you a primarily striker for him to, mm-hmm. in my opinion, I think go to work off on and tee on probably too. But no-brainer, it's your fight of the night, man. If you didn't choose it, I was going to choose it. Um, I think all eyes are going to be on this fight, and there's – it's in the right spot opening up this main card here on Saturday. 
Um, so far, I think I'm going to bet violence. You know, I know it's like minus 650. It doesn't go the distance. I might parlay that somewhere. But I, don't, I just don't know if I can get down really on either side. Um, Bruno Silva has so much experience in MMA compared to Alex Perea. And looking online, he is like mixing in, you know, a bunch of wrestling work and stuff, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen it in the UFC yet, man. So for me to just go out on a limb and say, hey, he's coming in here to wrestle, I just can't do that, you know. Um, whereas Alex Perea, uh, man, the kickboxing is on another level. It's going to be like Israel Adesanya where you just get to focus so much on the grappling um, and make leaps and bounds between fights. He's at, what, Teixeira MMA, training with Glover all the time, which mutual benefits there, man, with him, coming, with him having Jerry Prokoska coming up. One of the best guys to work your takedown defense. Yeah, I, I think Bruno Silva ends up resulting to his, his roots, and I think he's going to try to strike with a guy that he's just not as talented on the feet, not as big. And I think we're going to see that left check, left hook come into play and, and put Silva down on Saturday. Moving on to my portion of fight of the night, I'm going to go with Trevin Jones versus Javid Basharat. I'm uh, highly shocked, man, if I see this one go the full three rounds. Jones, you know, he... He does his training out of Guam. It's not really at a high level. When he comes over, he does do some work, I think, at Extreme Couture for like the last two weeks or something like that before he fights. And he's coming off that first UFC loss, which, you know, I I almost want to give him a pass for it because I think he took like four different opponents in a three-week span. I remember um, in the Ronnie Lawrence fight, they both actually cut weight. He weighed in. Lawrence botches the weight cut, and here he is having to weigh in again like two and a half weeks later. And, you know, looking on his Instagram, man – it's it's not a real easy cut down to 35 for me. He's a pretty jacked, big dude. Um, and what I've liked to see, I like to see his heart. We've already got to see how durable he is in that Timor Valia fight. You got to see how tough he is, willing to rally back and get a KO. Um, and you know, we backed him or backed Mario Batista when he fought him. You know, in his second fight, and he goes out there and wins round one against Mario Batista. Goes out there and finishes him in round two. And I, you know, I think Trevin Jones really showed that he he's a lot better than these people are giving him credit for. Where Javid, you know, he's a Dana White contender series person, man, and, and you got to pay the price for him right here. And I think it's just a lot of love for someone who dominated a lot of very low-level competition, if you want, in my opinion. I think he's finished all 11 of these guys inside the distance. Trevin's not seen a decision yet in the UFC, and that's why I think this is you know my fight of the night. I think Trevin's going to come forward bring this fight to Javid and we're really going to see you know Javid's skill set on display you know he took a ton of control time on Dana White's contender Mm -hmm. series Um, you know his kickboxing looks outstanding but I just keep going back to look at who he's fought and then go look at Trevin Jones record he's two fights into his pro career fighting a guy with 21 pro fights I think Trevin Jones has potential to be a live dog here um, but he's always in an absolute hell of a fight man and I like the dog here, but this is my pick for fight of the night. So uh, you do, you are taking Trevin Jones. I think bro. I'm going to take Trevin Jones, man. See, for me, man, I, I wish I didn't have to lay the minus 150 because you look at Basharat's mm-hmm. tape and God dang it, man, mm-hmm. he has some of the coolest striking you've ever seen. And you brought up the tomato cans, definitely. He mm-hmm. has had a uh, low level of competition, but at least in these last two fights where he's taken incremental steps up, he's still treating them like yeah. tomato cans. Um, I, I can't agree with you more. This is a really good fight of the night. So you taking Basharat? I think I am taking Basharat. I, I just I just wouldn't put him on my ticket at minus one fifty. I, I understand. Uh, Trevin Jones for me, man. That heart that he showed against Timor Valiev and then Bautista. I, I really do put Bautista probably on the same level as Javid that I've seen so far. And for him to go out there and just win round one and then knock him out, 
Uh, Trevin Jones is just getting slept on here because that awful performance against Kakramana. All right, our next segment is fighter to watch. And this is just somebody that we felt like we needed to highlight or uh, somebody that we think you might need to keep your mm -hmm. eye on. Uh, my fighter to watch is Khalil Roundtree. And uh, he's a fighter you need to keep your eye mm -hmm. on, man. Um, I picked him as uh, my fighter to watch because you never really know what you're going to get out of him. He's a very mental fighter, similar to you know Cowboy Cerrone. And the fact that sometimes when he comes into the octagon, he lacks that killer instinct for yeah. whatever reason it is. Um, we saw in Khalil's fight with Marcin Prachnia where he you know, lands less than 50 strikes over three rounds and never really seems to get started. Um, so using one of the more taboo techniques in MMA with those oblique kicks um, and looking like the meanest dude yeah. in the UFC, um, you just don't know which one's going to show up. And so it's tough to back him with your money, but uh, you sure as hell don't want to miss out when he is on one of those fight nights where he's in the zone. I'm with you, man. Uh, I actually bet Khalil plus money here against Carl Roberson. It's more of a fade on Carl Roberson because, um, you know, I think they match up well in the kickboxing and everything mm -hmm. here. And, and you're right. With Khalil – when if when he shows up, man, he does show up, and he can be one of the scariest guys in the division. I, I think he highlighted a perfect fighter um, that if he's on his A game, has real potential on Saturday. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, my fighter to watch, I'm going to go with Terrence McKinney. Um, I don't want to go out and say that you know he's. I'm necessarily confident that he's going to win his fight, um, but he's getting a massive step up in competition here. He's got a lot, a whole lot of you know public love coming off a win, just like what last week, two weeks ago. Um, and stylistically, I know it's by some Islam in particular, but we've seen Dober taken down on multiple occasions. I remember him hurting Brad Riddell, and Brad Riddell still taking him down. I have said since the Contender Series loss, I still I think foundation-wise, Terrence McKinney has everything that you would want in a young fighter. Mm -hmm. He's got that wrestling background. He's got that athleticism, that length. And as long as you keep a good head on his shoulders, you know he's got potential. And the Zim fight, man, you know, I really did think the sharp play was Zim. Zim had been taken down by Don Madge, by Malarkey, by, you know, a black belt in Luigi and not been subbed. It was so impressive for Terrence to just run right through him on the mat, multiple positions. Uh, I think the sky is the limit for this guy. I wish he would have waited and maybe got a, you know, a favorable matchup after a good performance here, but he's got gold on his mind and I really can't help uh, hate him taking this step up so Terrence McKinney is going to be my fighter to watch I, I think that you are, are totally correct that this is definitely Terrence's toughest test mm -hmm. to date and uh, Duber, <laughs> Dober, <laughs> Dober having those uh, defensive wrestling holes is definitely something that Terrence will look to exploit uh, but I do think that Dober is going to be able to kind of hold him off of that early finish and at least drag him into deeper waters that him. we haven't seen Terrence in uh, it should be a great one and definitely uh, a fighter that you want to watch because we haven't seen him in this position. And Dober's minus 162 on Bet Online right now, man. I, As my pick is Terrence McKinney to watch, my bet comes Saturday, man. If that line gets any better, very well could be Drew Dober. I like that. Our next segment of the podcast is our underdog of the week. Um, man, my underdog of the week is Guido Canetti. You know, it's awful. It's an awful feeling backing a 42-year-old phantom weight. Um, but at least we're getting an underdog price tag here, man. Guido, he's kind of known for being, uh, notorious for being one of those fast starters, looking for that early finish. And uh, that's going to be a tall order here against the ultra-durable Chris <laughs> Moutinho. Um, but after watching Moutinho's tape, I can't say I saw anything that made me want to back him outside of having the cardio advantage in this spot. Um, in my eyes, I think we'll either get um, another early finish from Guido or at least see him do enough in the first two rounds to, to edge out that decision. Um, so 
if I have to pick a dog on this card, I'm going to go with Guido Canetti here, but not hard. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely not on my list of underdogs that I'm wanting to bet on Saturday. But let me tell you, Chris Moutinho at favorite odds is something that I, I will never put my hard-earned money 100%. on, you know. Uh, I do think the man is getting a ton of shit, you know, from people on Twitter and in the media for, for his loss to Sean O'Malley. And, man, that that is a, a, a top-10 striker in the UFC to me, and you took it on short notice. I think he showed incredible durability, which is something that I think is more notable. But I also think it's more notable that after a beating like that, man, he very well could come out here and get flatlined by anybody. Um, I don't hate to play on Guido Canetti. I actually think Guido Canetti might get him down and submit him here. Mm-hmm. Uh, my underdog got him at plus 200. I went ahead and pulled the trigger on A.J. Fletcher. Um, he doesn't necessarily show me the slate of opponents you know, that you like to see coming up to D.C. They're a little bit low level. He does have some amateur, good amateur experience. and. It's his debut. You haven't really seen that gas tank. It's not somebody that I'm over the hills to back. But I got it at plus 200, man, and I really can't hate that because when I look at Samuelsberger, the minus 225, minus 250 price tags are there. They weren't justified to me, you know. He is, a, a, I think, pretty much a college football player just like A.J. Fletcher was. You know, he's not like a lifelong striker, a lifetime wrestler. Um, he is making improvements, you know, in these fights. But, man, his, his competition that he's seen in the UFC, man – it's very low. With Carlton Minus, it's Alaskan FC. He's no longer on the roster. Martin Sano hadn't fought in like four years. The only reason he was on the card was because Nick Diaz was. Mm-hmm. And I give it to him. Jason Witt's a good win. You know, we've seen Jason Witt go to war with Barbarina and win. But you got to also mention that Jason Witt is like eight losses and eight losses by TKO. And he's one of the chinniest fighters that actually come to mind for me. So to chin check that and clip somebody less than 30 seconds into a fight. I really would have liked to have seen that fight play out some more. And maybe if he beats him in the third round, defend some takedowns, maybe this seems more justified to me. But as of right now, man, I just can't get down with Samuelsberger being a minus 225. I think Fletcher has big-time power. I think he's durable, and I think he's got some wrestling that he can mix in a little bit. So A.J. Fletcher minus 200 is my dog of the week. So um, I've kind of allowed P to talk me off of throwing Samuelsberger into my parlays this week. Um, I agree he, he's had an easy road in the UFC, but I just haven't seen much evidence that would you know, make me think that Fletcher is going to be on a different level here. Uh, one thing that I do want to note is Fletcher is a lightweight coming up to mm-hmm. welterweight, where Semmelsberger is a middleweight, even a light heavyweight at one point right. in his career coming to welterweight. And uh, I do think that he'll have a clear size advantage when we come into the uh, face-offs. Um, but I, I'm happy to just sit back and kind of gain info. I'll uh, take your word on it, and I'm not going to be too upset if Semmelsberger isn't in my parlays this week. Another thing I did want to mention is I know Fletcher was an amateur at the time. We have seen Semmelsberger, you know, knocked out by like a fighter with one or two fights. We've seen him submitted by a fighter with no fights. Yes, he's making improvements here, but you could always just see somebody who's making better improvements and, and come finish him the same way. I like AJ Fletcher, man. Our next segment of the podcast is our prop bet of the night. It's just something that we need to highlight if the odds mm-hmm. are a little little out there. We uh, we got to try and exploit them. My, uh, my prop bet of the night is going to be Bruno Silva by submission at plus 1,600. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> he has you know one path to victory that I think is, is actually plausible, and it is getting the fight to the yeah. mat and getting a submission. So at that price tag, it just Stupid. seems a little insane, man. And then uh, my second one is, is another submission prop. It's Alex Caceres by submission at plus 1,100. Another one where he's been getting submissions more and more in his yep. career. and uh, he, Coming he, off a submission win. Coming off a submission win, and we're getting him at plus 1,100 here uh, to somebody in Sadiq Yusuf who's shown some holes in his mm-hmm. game. Uh, 
I'm on a, I'm on the opposite side. You know, I think uh, that Perea wins, and I think that Zadik Yusuf wins. But I, I want to note that so do I. Those I just, are props that I'll be stabbing at as right, well, 100. percent right. Best path to victory for for Bruno Silva and Caseros coming off, like I said, a submission over a high level striker and Sting Wuchui. He's live to jump anybody's back, man. He's so long and lanky. Mm-hmm. I'll be stabbing there too. For me, uh, took a little bit different approach. When I locked it in last night, it was a minus one seventy five prop, so nowhere near as you know line like yours. But I got Marlon Marais versus Song Yidong to start round two. Um, I, I really like it, man. Bantam weights to just go five minutes, and we already broke the fight down in depth, so I'm not going to go too big into it. Um, but it's after round one where we see Marlon Marais' wheels fall off. He's oftentimes doing pretty good in round one. Um, and Song, dude, I don't even know if he's ever been finished. The dude's got one of the granite chins. I saw him uh, this week watching tape eat that head kick from Kyler Phillips and mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. walk right through it, man. So Marlon Marais, I guess, is he does worry me that he could get that finish in round one. But I, I really can attest to Song's durability, man. And I think these weights go five minutes. I think it's that second or third round before we see Song take over and get a finish. So, uh, starts round two for the Bantamweight fight at minus 175 is my prop that I've hit heavy this week. Yeah, hard to argue with Bantamweights. Getting a price tag at Bantamweights just hitting the second round mm-hmm. like that. Uh, I'm with you. It, it is kind of risky with that Mariah's first round, but I do think that that'll probably hit. And minus 175, I don't hate laying that price. So, Our next segment of the podcast is our best bet of the night. Um, mine, it's a little odd. It's something that's a little, little out of my comfort zone, mm-hmm. but... I think that we're getting an amazing price tag on the J.J. Aldridge versus Jillian Robertson over two and a half. Um, I know that there is the the possibility of Robertson getting that submission over Aldridge, but I also think that there's a really good chance that she just lays on her for three Mm -hmm. rounds or Aldridge is able to keep this on the feet and just kind of outpoint her. Um, So the over two and a half sitting at minus 125 is probably my best bet. Uh, I think that that's an incredible number for girls that we've seen see the judges quite often in their careers. Yeah, it's a phenomenal number for any women's fight, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I I truly think the only finishing upside in that fight is a Jillian Robertson submission. Mm -hmm. So I I really do like that line. I think you're going to hit that. I like that bet on Saturday. Taking a money line approach, I got Miranda Maverick. I got her minus 260. I know she's up to the minus 330s and stuff now. That number's long gone. I, I really will be shocked if Maverick loses this one. I, I think Maverick is a much better talent than Sabina Mazzo. I think she was looked at as one of those real contenders in the division until, what's her name, Aaron Blanchfield just kind of steamrolled mm-hmm. her. Um, she's young, she's powerful, she's extremely strong on top, and she's left her gym in Maryland where she was the top dog. She's now out in Denver where she's training with J.J. Aldrich on this card who we just mentioned, Tisha Torres, Raquel Pennington. Um, man, I expect a lot of improvements training with a lot of high-level talent like that. I'm hoping she mixes in the wrestling a whole bunch because I think that's her easiest path to victory. Um, being that I've seen Sabina so long, you know, she's she's real lanky. She doesn't have the strength to defend some of those takedowns. She throws a lot of bad kicks that people are catching and putting her on her back. And then when she's on her back in that Alexis Davis fight, man, she had nothing. She, she literally had no get-up game. Um, and then she was just, you know, her head was put into the rafters by Maria Agapova for almost three rounds. And then she finally got the finish. I'm just not high on Sabina Mazo, and I think this is one where they are kind of trying to get their, their prospect and Miranda Maverick back on track. So I've laid five units at minus 260. Or I don't, I'm don't. i not a fan that I'm laying five units on a girl fight that has potential to get me burnt on the judges' scorecards, but I'm, I'm pretty confident Miranda Maverick. I won't be shocked if she finishes the fight. So I, I'm definitely with you on all the points of Maverick 
rightly being the favorite in this spot. Um, I do think that uh, she she's going to have to resort to that wrestling mm-hmm. as Mazo is that that big old girl. And although she is long and it kind of hurts her whenever she's getting taken mm-hmm. down, um, if she does extend this fight and kind of make it one of those pitter-patter uh, Macy Barber, Miranda Maverick type fights, you're right. Those judges mm-hmm. could come into play, and that, that's always scary. Seen it happen to her before. Saw mm-hmm. it happen last week. Uh, yeah, it does scare for our last segment on the podcast, we're going to give you guys um, some quick picks. We're going to run down the entire card and tell you who we think is going to win each fight. Uh, for the first one, we've got Tafon and Chukwi versus Azamat and Mirazakhanov. Who you got in that one? I got Mirazakhanov. I got on him early. I do got a bet on him. I think he's a better fighter here. I, I, I actually agree with you on that one. I think that we see Tafon take another L on Saturday. We touched on this one a little bit already. Guido Canetti versus Chris Matinho. Yeah, I'm going to take Guido Canetti here, 42-year-old underdog. It's a little bit scary, but I do think that he'll probably edge this one out. I'm going to take the dog as well. Give me Guido Canetti, man. All right. I like to see it. Uh, moving on, we've got a middleweight bout with Cody Brundage versus Doucha Lugiambula. What do you think? <sighs> Doucha's got all the power, man, and he could make this like the William Knight fight, to be honest with you. But um, I'm going to favor the wrestler at plus money and give me Cody Brundage. Uh, man, so I'm going to go with Doucha here. I think Brundage is going to stick to trying to stay on his feet like he has in the last couple, and uh, I'll give it to Doucha. Uh, moving on, we've got Sabina Mazo and Miranda Maverick. I know that this is one of your big Yeah, shocker for me. I'm going to go Miranda Maverick. I got five units on her there. And I, I definitely agree with you. I think she's the better fighter out of the two. At 45, uh, Damon Jackson, Kamuela Kirk. Didn't do much work into this one, but I'm going to go with Damon Jackson. Uh, Kirk just hasn't shown me enough yeah. up until this point. I was with you, man. So I, I was on Damon Jackson. I kind of went back and watched that Amir Khani fight. I think Amir Khani and him pretty stylistically the same in the wrestlers. I think Damon's a little bit better in jiu-jitsu, but I thought Kamala Kirk did a did a good job, man. He's young. I think he's improving. I'm going to go with Kamala Kirk. All right. Uh, for the next one, we go into the Bantamweight division where we see Trevin Jones versus Javid Basharat. What are you thinking? Uh, yeah, that's a really close one. It was my fight of the night here. Uh, I just can't really – I don't like laying the price tag on Javid. I think Trevin's a live dog, so I'm going to take another dog in Trevin Jones. I'm going to stick with Basharat, but I agree. It's a, it's a price tag I don't want to touch. Uh, your best bet fight, J.J. Aldrich, Jillian Robertson, who are you going with there? I think the uh, the judges are going to win this one, but <laughs> I, I also I think I'm going to take J.J. Aldrich. I, I think that uh, she's kind of getting disrespected here, and Jillian's kind of uh, falling off at this point in her career. I, I'm going to disagree here. I am going to go with Jillian Robertson. I don't know if I'm going to play your over two and a half because I think she could find the sub, but mm-hmm. I think her most likely path is I think she's going to ride out a couple rounds on top and take this one on the scorecards. Um, another one of our plays here, Samuelsberger versus A.J. Fletcher. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Samuelsberger here. I think that he'll probably edge out this debutante, um, but I am going to lay off of him. Um already talked about it. A.J. Fletcher is my, my dog of the week, so I'm going to take another third underdog here and go with A.J. Fletcher. Starting off the main card, we've got Bruno Silva versus Alex Pereira. Um, damn, I, I I want Silva to get a sub, but I think Alex Pereira is going to knock his ass out. You'll always catch me trying to fade Alex Pereira all the way to the top, whether it's a sub prop, the other guy's money line, or something. Uh, I just don't know if I can do it here, man. Alex Pereira is going to win. Uh, Drew Dober versus Terrence McKinney. Um Pulling for Terrence, Drew Dober's yeah. going to win this one. Though. Same way, man. I want Terrence McKinney to win so bad. I think I think Dober gets him out of there in two or three. All right. Light heavyweights, Khalil Roundtree versus Carl Roberson. I'll go with Khalil Roundtree, man. I'm not that high on Carl Roberson. I, I told you he gets a lot of love because the glory kickboxing went like one and four and knocked out a couple times. Yeah, give me Khalil. Yeah, I hope the mean Khalil shows up that night. Both. Uh, Caceres versus Zadik Yusuf. 
I'll pick Sadiq, although I think Sadiq has uh, got some fraud tendencies. I know, man. You have not been so high on Sadiq Yusuf. Uh, I am going to pick Sadiq Yusuf. I almost picked him as my best bet over Miranda Maverick. I, I do think Alex Casares' win streak probably comes to an end here. Um, then in our co-main event, we've got Marlon Marias versus Song Dong. Marlon's always live in round one, but again, I think uh, live betting Song Dong after round one is one of the best plays you can do this week. I got Song Dong. Yeah, passing up the torch in the, this uh, co-main, we'll see Song come on top. And then in the co-main or the main event, probably no shocker here, Tiago Santos, Ankalaev. Ankalaev's the bully. Man. I think Ankalaev's got the goods. I think he's potential to be a champ man. Uh, so yeah, he's going to be the same pick for me as well. I appreciate you guys watching. If you haven't already, throw a like to the video, sub to the channel. I uh, hope you guys like the changes as well. Let us know in the comments what you think about it. We'll see you next week. Peace.